This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Move over Rolls-Royce and Bentley. Toyota wants a piece of your action. According to Forbes, Toyota will spin off its Century models into a standalone global luxury brand that's going to compete at the top end of the luxury segment well above Lexus. Forbes was told the plans by an unnamed Toyota executive at the Tokyo Auto Show. And Wards also reports that the company has filed trademarks for the Century name in several different countries. The Toyota Century sedan has been around since the late 1960s and is currently made for the Japanese market, typically used to chauffeur around business executives or politicians. But last September, Toyota also revealed the Century SUV that cost $170,000, and earlier this month at the Tokyo show, it introduced a bespoke version of the SUV called the GRMN that cost $220,000. The SUV is the model that's said to first be going to global markets like Europe, the Middle East, Asia, and the Americas, and will be offered in both right and left-hand drive. And these models could be extremely profitable for Toyota, which dovetails nicely with our next story about Japanese auto workers who almost never go on strike, and they probably won't this time either. But they're demanding record bonuses from Toyota, which expects to post an eye-popping operating profit of more than $30 billion when its fiscal year closes at the end of March. Auto workers in Japan don't get paid by the hour. They get paid by the month. And at the end of the fiscal year, they get a bonus, which works out to several months of pay. Toyota's union is demanding 7.6 months of pay for the next bonus, up from 6.7 months last year. And it will probably get it. In the past, Japanese auto workers have been known to wear black armbands to signal their displeasure with management instead of calling on a strike and walking off the job. And that sure shows a different cultural approach compared to what unions do in the U.S., the EU, or in South Korea. 5,000 U.S. dealers sent a letter to the Biden administration asking it to hit the brakes on new emission standards that will force EVs to hit 67% market share by 2032. Last November, 4,000 dealers sent a similar letter, but never got a response. So maybe more is better. They're asking the Biden administration to wait until battery supply chains outside of China get developed, and they want to wait until the public charging infrastructure gets fully built. Here's our AutoLine Insight. The dealers are probably right that getting BEVs to 67% market share by 2032 is too ambitious of a goal. But the supply chains and infrastructure are never going to get built unless there's enough EVs to justify those investments. Speaking of dealers, Lincoln is getting rid of more of them. Automotive News reports that the automaker dropped 100 dealerships last year, and it's going to cut another 100 this year. That will leave the company with 400 dealerships in the U.S., or about 40% fewer than it had in 2021. Lincoln wants more standalone dealers, so it's offering buyouts to most that are also paired with a Ford showroom. By trimming its network, Lincoln hopes to boost sales and increase its dealership throughput. Lincoln's sales in the U.S. have been declining for years. In 2023, it sold nearly 82,000 vehicles, 
which is 4,000 fewer than it sold in 2011. Less than expected EV demand in Europe could push back ICE bans. The EU had planned to ban new ICEs after 2035, but Porsche's CFO thinks it could be forced to reconsider this plan due to a slowdown in EV orders and says there could be a delay in the ban. You may remember that several countries successfully lobbied to exempt new ICE cars sold after 2035 in Europe as long as they run on some sort of climate neutral fuel. And Porsche is one of the bigger players in the development of synthetic fuels. With Tejin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tejin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. Renault says its hydrogen and fuel cell division called Hyvea is starting to make the transition from a pioneer in the segment to a volume producer. It's going to deliver around 50 versions of its H2 Tech vans, which are based on the Renault Master van, to an area around the French Alps by the end of this year. That same area eventually plans to have 15 refueling stations, 400 hydrogen-powered commercial vehicles, as well as 80 heavy-duty trucks, 50 of which will be retrofitted units. Along with generous regional subsidies of roughly 24,000 to 37,000 euros to buy a commercial fuel cell vehicle, it's hoping to accelerate the rollout of the segment. Hyvea is also applying its hydrogen fuel cell system to another version of Renault's master van. I believe this is a longer wheelbase version which allows users to carry more weight and gives them more conversion options. As for its setup, it features a 30 kilowatt fuel cell stack four hydrogen tanks mounted in the floor, and a 57-kilowatt, or roughly 75-horsepower electric motor. But it also features a 33-kilowatt-hour battery pack mounted under the front seats, so it can run on pure electric power as well. And if you'd like to learn a lot more about the viability of fuel cells, you'll want to check out the latest episode of Autoline After Hours. Charlie Fries, who runs all of GM's fuel cell development, is on that show, and he has some terrific insights. One thing he talked about is how GM is working on making hydrogen on site like for fleets that would significantly cut the cost of hydrogen since it wouldn't have to be transported. He doesn't see much application for fuel cells in light vehicles, but talks about the opportunities in forklifts, mining trucks, aircraft, trains, long haul trucks, and emergency backup power. Honda released prices of the Prologue EV in the U.S., the base version with a single motor and an EPA range of 296 miles, is priced just a shade under $48,800, including destination. And you can walk that up to a fully loaded dual-motor all-wheel drive version at just under $59,300. Honda is also offering several charging packages, including a $500 credit for putting a Level 2 charger at your home. Even though Honda announced pricing, it doesn't expect prologues in showrooms until sometime this spring, and it will only be sold in Zev states, plus Texas and Florida, which have turned into EV hotbeds, according to Honda. The vehicle will be built by General Motors, and though GM has hit a lot of teething problems building its Altium-based EVs, Honda says there's a lot of pent-up demand for the vehicle, 
and it's confident that the prologue will hit its sales targets. GM's autonomous unit Cruise is in hot water. Yesterday in a blog post, it revealed that it's under investigation by both the U.S. Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission. And that's over an accident from last October where one of its vehicles dragged a pedestrian after they were struck by another vehicle. NHTSA is also investigating the same accident. Cruz commissioned a report from an independent law firm which found the company didn't intend to mislead investigators. However, it cited, quote, inadequate and uncoordinated internal processes, mistakes in judgment, an us-versus-them mentality with government officials, and a fundamental misunderstanding of regulatory requirements and expectations, close quote. A separate technical review by an independent engineering firm found that the vehicle in the accident had mapping error issues and incorrectly identified the pedestrian it hit as a side impact collision. Since the accident, Cruz has fired nine executives and its CEO and co-founder both resigned. The company has also suspended its driverless operations in the U.S. And here's an interesting one. BMW is using automotive technology and principles to help improve German losers. Since 2016, it's been installing sensors on test leads that record things like speed, acceleration, steering movements, yaw rate, and more, and then pumps that into a software program to analyze the data. BMW says that it's collected so much information that it can even help identify the ideal racing line and proper sled setup. But that's the end of today's show. Thanks for making AutoLine a part of your day, and I hope that you have a great weekend. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Tajan Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. We want to know what drives your testing, OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.